After the Machloikas of Koyrach, the Torah tells us about the various different gifts that need to be given to Koyanim, and the Meiser that needs to be given to the Levim. The Sifri explains that since Koyrach was trying to contest the Kohuna, Hashem now is sort of confirming the Kohuna by giving the Koyanim these special gifts. The question then becomes, why is the Torah discussing the Meiser that's given to the Levi? On the contrary, the Machloikas of Koyrach was only against Kohuna. In fact, Koyrach himself was a Levi. Now, we might want to say that the Torah is trying to say that the, the Levim are not being punished because of Kairach's story. Instead, they are still getting their Miser. But from the fact that the Torah puts the Miser together with the Matnus Kuna, it sounds like they're both in the same category. We're trying to emphasize the greatness of the Kainim, the greatness of the Levim, by these gifts that we're giving them, and not only by that saying that Levim aren't being punished. We also need to understand, says the Rebbe, what's really the inner connection between this idea of giving these gifts to the Koyanim and the Levim to negating the argument and claims of Koyrach. The Rebbe brings from the Noyim Elimelech that the Machloikas of Koyrach is associated with the Rakia, the firmament that Hashem made to separate between the upper waters and the lower waters in the beginning of creation. That is, there's a separation between the upper realms and the lower realms, and in Koyrach's opinion, there needs to remain this sort of separation. And that's why Kairach thinks that a Kayan, a Kayan generally is a holy person, removed from the world. In, Kayan's, in Kairach's opinion, that's very nice. But he shouldn't be, the Kayan shouldn't be trying to influence the rest of the people, trying to lift them up to become closer to Hashem. In other words, these people, if the rest of the people, if their idea is to be involved in the world, then be involved in the world. You could try to make the world a place that could be more a Kaili for godliness, but don't try to lift up the people to become closer to Hashem. Kairach wants to be a Kayin, but a different kind of Kayin, one that's completely not connected to the rest of the people and to the lowliness, so to speak, of the world. And this is really what Matnus Kuna is coming to answer. Matnus Kuna is saying that no, there is a connection between the Yidin and the Kayanim. The Yidin are giving some of their things and lifting up the Gashmias to Hashem and giving it to the Kayanim. The question there remains is, why are we giving the, the, to the Koyan things that the Koyan can now go ahead and benefit from it? Some of the Matnus Kuna, in fact, remain even completely chulin. Why don't we, why aren't we focusing on things that are going to be completely, completely holy? Like, for example, a carbon, if the idea is to lift up Gashmis and make it holy. In order to explain this, the Rebbe first focuses on something else. The Rebbe wants to look at the connection between Gimel Tammuz, the day that the Friedrich Rebbe was released from prison, sent to Kastrama, which falls out often in the week of Pasha's Koyrach. Now simply you could say this is the same point that we were saying before. Koirach didn't care about the holiness of the Koyinim by itself, that's fine with him. But he thinks they should remain removed and separated, not influencing the people. In a similar way, those that imprisoned the Friedrich Rebbe were fine with the Friedrich Rebbe learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, but not to spread Torah and Yiddishkeit and influence the rest of the Yidden. And so to the Geula of Gimel Tammuz is that Hashem is showing everyone that the Friedrich Rebbe could continue his work of spreading Torah and Yiddishkeit, just like in the Parsha where Hashem is nullifying Koyrach's argument by giving the Matnois Kohuna. But the Rebbe says similar, seemingly it's not completely the same. Because in Gimel Tammuz ultimately the Friedrich Rebbe is not able to continue with the whole strength as he was before. Because he's still in Kastrama, the Geula is only going to be on Yud-based Tammuz, and in the meantime, there's still going to be more difficulties, he's still in Russia, he's still in communist Russia, etc. In order to understand all of this, the Rebbe goes back to the idea of Matnus Kuna and Meiser, and the Rebbe says a very simple question. Why is there, in, in these different things we give, why is there a measure how much we give, and in many cases, there's a maximum how much we're allowed to give? Why can't we make everything holy to Hashem? 
to explain all of this, the Rebbe says, let's look at the differences between Koyanim and Levim and what Koyanach actually wanted. Chassidus explains a Koyan is a Isha Chesed, Levi is the idea of Gevura. Koyanach wants Gevura should overpower Chesed. What does this mean? In Avoida, what this means is, Chesed is about Hashpah, giving down, bringing down into the world, godliness into the world. Gevura is about, so to speak, escaping, running from the world, the idea of Ratsui striving to get closer to the Abishter and leaving the connection with the world. Kairach is of the opinion, as, as we said before, that the Tachtoinim by themselves have no connection to Elikos. If anything, it's about leaving, not being a Tachtoin anymore, being removed from the world. You can't remain in the world and have a connection to Elikos. So it's either being re- removed completely or you're down completely. As a response to this, we have the idea of matnis kuna, which are specifically things that are not becoming completely, completely holy, different to karbonis. In other words, by a carbon, the thing became completely holy. The chidush of matnis kuna is that we're taking things as they are, and technically things, some of them even being chulin, and yet they're connected to elikos. This idea is even further emphasized in Meiser, which we asked before why we speak about Meiser over here. Because in many of the matnis kuna, the way it works is we're giving it to Hashem and the Koyin is getting it from Hashem. In some of the Matnish Kuna we say what belongs to the Koyin is really belonging to him, even as the Yisrael has it, the certain parts of the animal, specific parts that belong to the Koyin already. It's specifically Meiser that has no Kedusha at all. Anyone's allowed to eat it. And there's no part of the fruit that already belongs to the Levi. This emphasizes even more that we have things that are completely regular things, mundane things, and yet they too are connected to Hashem. But the Rebbe is going to go a step further and show that there's some things that are even more simple and more mundane and still connected to Hashem. And the Rebbe says, we know that one of the t- arguments of Koirach, he says that the Talis, that's all of Tchelis, should be exempt from Tzitzis. In Chzidis, it's explained what this means is, Talis represents a very, very great light coming from above. Not needing tzitzis means that it doesn't have the coming down into a panimius, into a more internal and specific way. In Avoidas Hashem, what this means is that when a person is being refined only because of a great oil from above, but if it's not coming from within himself, it can remain superficial and beyond him. And going back now to Meiser, therefore even Meiser, which in some way is still a mitzvah and so on, as we'll see in a minute, it's still not the ultimate answer yet to Machloikas Koirach. And we need that the what you're giving should also influence the rest of your possessions, even the regular mundane possessions. And the Rebbe says, now we understand why we're only giving some of our possessions to true man so the rest is going to remain regular and mundane, because ultimately even true man miser are part of a mitzvah. But when we have the rest of our possessions that remains for our per- personal use, and yet we're using it how Hashem wants, this reveals in the greatest way how the Gashmis that's part of my own possessions, yet it's completely connected to Hashem, and this is the ultimate of the Dira B'Takhtoinim. So ultimately we have now, in summary, we really have three, three ideas. We have things that are completely holy, like Karbonis. We have the things that are like Matnois, Kohuna, and Maiser, Mitzvahs. And then we have the regular possessions that are the persons. Says the Rebbe in Achdus Hashem, we also have something similar to these three ideas in the understanding of the oneness of Hashem. There's one level where we say the worlds are completely bottled to Hashem. There's absolutely no world. What's felt in the world is completely the way it's up above, the way like before the creation, only Hashem. What is that arousing the person? Being removed from the world and from Gashmis. This is similar to like the carbon that's just completely holy. 
The next level is of how Hashem is coming down and spreading Elikus in the world, into all, every single thing. That means there is a world, but we're recognizing that the reality of the world is really Elikus. That causes the person to be involved with the Gashmis and to feel Elikus. This is more going to be like the true Misamisers, like the Matnis Kuluna, excuse me, and the Misers. But there are still two separate things. Finally, we have, when you see in the Gashmis itself, how the Gashmis is all one with Elikus which is like the third level where we're speaking about our own physical things and they are they too are connected to Hashem. The Rebbe says, now we can understand much better the connection between Kairach and Gimel Tamus. The Geula, as it was a new base, Yud Gimel Tamus, means the Friedrich Rebbe completely left the Rishus, the domain of, the, of, the, of these people that were so against Torah and Yiddishkeit. It doesn't emphasize so much this idea that the Tachtoinim, the lowly world itself, is agreeing to his Avoidah. It's specifically when they are the ones sending him to Kastrama. And in Kastrama, the Friedrich Rebbe is organizing a cheder, a mikveh, saying my marim there. That emphasizes even more how the lowly world, as it is for itself, is agreeing, so to speak, for the spreading of Torah and Yiddishkeit of the Friedrich Rebbe. This is similar to the ultimate nullification of Koirach's argument by the fact that the tacht in itself, the lowliest things itself, we come to recognize that Bepinimius is really elikos. The Rebbe connects us now to a famous sikh of the Friedrich Rebbe said when he left jail going to Kastrama, where we also see these three levels. The Friedrich Rebbe says, we ask of Hashem Yizborech, Yehi Hashem Alekeni Mono, Hashem should be with us, Kasher Hoyim Aviseinu, as he was with our fathers, Al Yazveinu, Al Yechenu, you shouldn't abandon us. The Friedrich Rebbe goes on and says, Hashem Yizborech should be with us and will be with us like he was with our Avois, even though we're not like our Avois, that we're Bali, Mesir, Asnefesh, Bepoyol, Mamesh, Vatoyer, and Mitzvahs. And the Rebbe asks a number of questions. First of all, the moment you say Eloikeinu, Hashem Eloikeinu, the word Eloikeinu means it's already the way Hashem is our Koyach, is our Chayas. If that's the case, why do we add the word Imanu? Of course, Eloikeinu means Hashem is with us. Secondly, once you have that Hashem Eloikeinu, Imanu is with us, why do we have to add that He shouldn't abandon us? And finally, what does it mean when the Friedrich Rebbe says, we're not like our Ovis that had Mesidas Nefesh, the Friedrich Rebbe is currently standing in a state of major Mesidas Nefesh for Torah and Yiddishkeit. And the Rebbe explains that the Friedrich Rebbe over here was trying to bring about the Gula, even for Yidin that don't have Mesidas Nefesh, practically for Torah and Mitzvahs. Even on the lowly Yidin, he wants to be poiled at Yehi Hashem Eloikeinu Imanu. And therefore, says the Rebbe, we now have again these three levels. Hashem Elikeinu represents a level of someone that he, Hashem, Havaya, is Elikeinu, is his highest, that's his whole reality. That was like the first and highest level, like the carbon, something completely holy. Then we go down to the next level, you have a person that, he's a person for himself, but he's connected to Hashem, two separate things. And we say, Hashem Elikeinu Imanu, Hashem is still with him. In other words, he's connected to Elikos. This is like the second level, like the Matna Kona and the Maiser, which is... On the one hand, the regular world, but connected to Hashem, but it's already part of a mitzvah, it's on a higher level. But then we come to the, to the lowliest people, so to speak, to the tachtoinim, to the things that are like similar to our regular possessions. Al yazveinu v'al yichenu. We're speaking about someone that's on a very lowly level, that even as they are in their current state, there should be that feeling that there's no chas v'shalom, separated, separation from Hashem. Hashem doesn't abandon them, and they don't abandon Hashem. And this itself, by the Friedrich Rebbe saying this, actually achieved on these lowly people, on those people that, the ones that arrested him, that they too should agree to spreading of Torah and to help ultimately in the Gula. And the Rebbe concludes with the Hoyra, 
and the power that we get from this day of Gimel Tammuz, not to be nispal, not to be affected by all these things that could, might be hindrances, trying to stop us from spreading Torah and Yiddishkeit, and we have the promise of the Eibishter and of that Sicha, that He Hashem that Hashem will be with us like he was with our fathers, al yazvenu v'al yichenu, and all Yidin will have oir, beruchnis and begashmis.